We used to get, once upon a time, a magazine, a science magazine called Discovery. In one of its article, one of its articles caught my attention. It was about the success of a 47-year-old science project. The project set out to prove part of Einstein's general theory of relativity having to do with the effects of gravity. For most of us, the effect of gravity has something to do with the maxim that what goes up must come down. In fact, a government-funded study did prove that gravity is the major contributing factor in nearly 73% of all accidents involving falling objects. But in 1915, Einstein found a new way to describe gravity and its effects by speculating that a mass of gravity in the form of a star or a planet does more than attract, it, it also has the power to bend the space-time continuum in much the same way as the weight of a bowling ball on a blanket bends the fabric around itself. In order to prove this, scientists built a $760 million satellite called the Gravity B probe with a sophisticated measuring device and put it in orbit around the Earth to measure the planet's effects on the fabric of time and space. After 11 months, the probe showed the rotation of the Earth causes a slight distortion in the time and space continuum of 0.00011 degrees. That is the width, the width of a human hair seen from a half a mile away. You may have your own opinions on how the government spends $760 million of your tax. I find it intriguing, and not merely because of the science, but because in the end, I'm not a scientist, but a monk. But the science does provide a metaphor, at least for me, in which to think about theological categories, especially in the light of today's somewhat unusual feast, the solemnity of the birth of John the Baptist. It's unusual because there are only two other individuals whose birthdays we celebrate in the, on the liturgical calendar, the birth of the Virgin Mary on September the 8th and the birth of Jesus on December 25th. Added to this is the fact that six months from today will be Christmas Eve, and you begin to see that this feast is not simply an oddity on the liturgical calendar or an excuse to make merry over an individual who wore goatskin clothes and ate grasshoppers. This brings me back to Einstein's theory that gravity has the power to bend time and space. Theologically speaking, there are two important mysteries at the heart of Christian faith, the Incarnation and the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, two events which in historical time took place 33 years apart and are celebrated during the church year with the greatest solemnity at Christmas and Easter. Both are preceded by a period of fasting and prayer called Advent and Lent. Both are followed by an octave, eight days of special liturgical solemnity, and then by an ex extended period of prayer and reflection called the Christmas season and the Easter season. The rites and liturgies surrounding these two great feasts 
are the church's way of saying that the incarnation and the passion of the Lord are the theological center of gravity of the whole Christian year. We can pick up the crisp or pack up the Christmas decorations and store them in a closet until next September. But we never really finish celebrating the incarnation of the passion and resurrection of the Lord. We cannot go beyond them for the simple reason that it's not possible to fully think our way through them. And anyway, the proper reaction to these truths is not reasoned discourse, it's awe-filled worship. The mystery is so theologically dense with implications for both God and human beings that it exerts a pull on the entire church year. Christmas and Easter have such an attractive force on the church's collective imagination that, in effect, it has the power to bend the liturgical, the liturgical space-time continuum completely around itself. And the proof of this is that while the Easter season may have ended a couple of weeks ago, and the Christmas season may be six months off, we are once again reflecting about its consequences in the birth of John the Baptist. It is an undeniable fact that John the Baptist had a powerful effect on the people of his own time and on the church's theological imagination. All four Gospels mention him. They agree that there is no good news, no gospel about Jesus Christ without the Baptist. They tell us that the work of Christ was preceded by the work of John, whose life and death at the hands of Herod is a preview of Jesus' own death. The Gospels aren't making this up. They're reporting historical fact. We know this to be true because Josephus, the Jewish historian writing in his Antiquities after the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, mentions John and the powerful allure he had on the people of his time. He tells us that John called Israel to national repentance and purification through a baptismal washing. He was a voice crying out in the desert, but the whole point of this famous description is that it was a Judean desert. He sums up 2,000 years of Jewish expectation and Jewish hope for the coming of a Messiah. And when this Messiah did appear on the scene, it's John who points him out in language rooted in the Jewish covenant. All this is by way of saying that when God, decides, when God decides to save the human race, he did so at the most radical and unexpected way possible. For a divinity, he became a member of it. Like you and I, he belonged to a people with a language and a culture. Like you and I, he had a family, a home, and an address. And had you lived in Palestine in the first century, you could have walked up the dusty road outside of Nazareth and knocked on his door and met God face to face. As far as the secular calendar is concerned, this is just a sleepy Saturday morning at the beginning of summer. Millions of our countrymen are beginning to plan or set out for their vacations, the great American getaway. But here in Bridgeport, a group of Benedictine monks, an oblate or two, some friends, are busy bending time and space around the central mysteries of our faith, and we're doing it without a government grant. 